Welcome to Good Old Fashioned Theology, where we drink old fashions and talk theology. I'm Lance Lucas, and with me always here is Father Stoli. Father Stoli, do you mind starting us off in prayer? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity to come together. Uh, we also thank you for the gift of our guardian angels who we celebrate today, and we ask that they continue to protect and guide us as we go through our daily lives and uh, keep us free from harm. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bouncers of the spiritual life. Gotta love them. Yeah. Gotta love them. The bouncers <laughs> of the spiritual life. <laughs> or as we just previously said, soul bouncers. I like that one too. Soul bouncers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't mess around, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, How's it going, how Lance? Oh, so good. So yeah. good. I'm digging that fresh cut, bro. Thanks, man. It's high and tight, not low and tight. I made that mistake already. We got to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> the Thank high you. fade, man. Yeah, hey, I didn't I didn't actually say anything last time. I'm kind of disappointed, but uh you you missed some things on your face. Um things were yeah. little or maybe you didn't miss things, you cleaned things up. I don't know. What would you say? So, yeah. So, um I made a mistake while I was trimming the beard. And I just like took out this huge chunk and I was like, okay, this is just God's sign that it's time to get rid of it. So quote, quote just, unquote made a mistake. Okay. Well, okay. the, yeah. So I got this trimmer and it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's got this dial on it that raises the guard off of the okay. blade. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't lower the guard off of the blade. So I was sitting there trying to figure out a proper like length. Mm-hmm. And so then I went to, and I was like, this isn't moving. So I don't know what the deal is put up against my face and it, the way it's set up, me pushed the pressure of doing all the things yeah. it pushed the, the guard down. So then like the, it just took off this massive <laughs> chunk of like everything. And I was like, dang it. Oh man. All that work. It was good too, but it's probably fine. It, it was kind of hideous. The thing. So I can't really be too upset. Were but I was equal parts I was equal parts like devastated and just ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, I'm I was gonna say it's it sucks, but you're probably happy. And I'm sure your parishioners are happy to have you back. They are. Uh, I mean they we're, we're, are. Yeah. Oh, it's um pretty bad. Yeah, that's good. That's and funny. I also noticed I think I'm allergic to growing facial hair <laughs> because when I shaved the mustache there were these like three blotches along my upper lip. Really? And I was like, man, yeah. And they had, it had always hurt there for some reason while mm -hmm. I had the you stash going. I was like, what is going on with that? I just figured it was like something irritation with the hair, the, the way it was growing right. or irritation. And But for like four days after I shaved, there were these just blotches. Hmm. So I don't know what was up with that. That is interesting. Huh. But That's... I'm just going to take that as my sign to never try again. Right, right. Say, I sorry, I can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm allergic to growing beards. <laughs> well, it looked horrible. It's like funny it looked you, horrible. But... I thought it looked okay, but I also was only seeing you through a screen, so um, I could only see so much. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like in uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the ark and everyone's face melts. That's what <laughs> seeing it in real life happens. That's what happens when you see it in real life. Got it. Got it. That's why there's no parishioners in Crete anymore. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's why they were wanting. I back. wiped everyone out. Right. Right. 
it's it's funny you made you mentioned how you made a mistake with cutting facial hair and uh, I had a friend growing up that he was trying to shave his unibrow and <laughs> he ended up shaving a little bit one side more than oh, the other gosh. so then he went to go fix the other side well then he shaved that side too much he went back and forth oh, till eventually gosh. he had like half or less than half of an eyebrow left on either side oh my gosh <laughs> and eyebrows don't go back like quickly like no most no it takes like are... it takes a long time yeah yeah so anyways it was pretty funny because what a dingus yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> so mistakes with facial hair that's why i just don't i just don't mess with it i just don't grow facial hair because you know yeah it's just best white. just to leave it leave but well enough alone yeah exactly exactly i had a shave for a wedding this weekend most of the time i keep a little like the only stubble that i can keep little fuzz my... Yeah, but I had a shave this weekend. I was at a wedding this weekend uh, for my cousin, Zach oh, yeah. and Lindsay, which is a great wedding. Great wedding. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, I had to, had to clean up. And I like to kind of clean up whenever I get a haircut, too. I think it just goes oh, yeah. together. Shave a little. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Anyways, enough with uh, that side talk of facial <laughs> hair. <laughs> as much as I love the topic. <laughs> right. Yes. Um. Yeah, so our our saints, they're not really saints um, of the pod, are the guardian angels, and it is their feast day today yeah. as of recording this, um, Yeah, October, October 2nd, 2nd. and so, yeah, I don't know, Father Stoley, do you mind kind of talking a little bit about the um, the guardian angels and, and their role that they play in our life? I think sometimes that can be a little confusing. Yeah, so, I mean, they're kind of on the lowest rung of the choirs of angels, but they're cert- that certainly doesn't mean that they're less important. Uh, it's just kind of where their power is relegated. So, and also their duties. So for, um, for guardian angels, uh, the name, as the name would suggest, they guard, you know, they guard us. And so it's really a beautiful thing. Uh, God created all of us in his image and likeness. And then to protect that beautiful thing, he makes these guardian angels, right? Mm -hmm. So the guardian angels are very much a special part of our lives and we should have a devotion to our guardian angels Mm -hmm. really. Um, and talk to them as often as we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help me out. So, uh, you know, and that's really, that show that should show us our worth. Sometimes we think we're kind of worth less. Um, but how precious is the soul that both God and the devil are fighting over it? Yeah. You know, and, uh, just having God's find so much joy in us that he gives us these guards to help and protect us. That says a lot, right. You know, and, uh, the guardian angels, as I said, they guard, but what does that mean? You know, we've all had those experiences where we should have really gotten hurt or even died, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but we come out unscathed. You yeah. know, it's That's definitely a guardian angel moment uh, where we, you know, climb a tree when you're a kid and you should probably get hurt, but right. you, ended up not- you don't, you know, but they also protect us from other dangers other than just kind of physical you know, obviously, if you're going on a trip, you should probably say a guardian angel prayer. Uh, if you're going to, if you're walking through kind of a dangerous part of town or something, guardian angel prayer, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also good for a couple of other things. So, like, temptations are certainly an attack. So, when I'm tempted to commit a certain sin, guardian angel prayers great to key. To. It's clutch. Uh, or if I know I'm going to have a difficult conversation with somebody or there's somebody that just is 
a quote unquote danger to me. Like yeah. they just, for example, if, if they just don't have boundaries, like they just have awful boundaries and it's just dangerous in that regard, yeah. guardian angel, you know, just it, that can be for whatever danger we want. Uh, and they're there right at our side. We just have to ask them for help. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I remember always saying a guardian angel prayer growing up. I unfortunately don't remember oh, the yeah. guardian angel. Uh, so I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast, but um, yeah, it was, it's just, being able to pray for them, pray, pray to them um, to help guide and protect. I, I want to say it, but I know I'm going to butcher it, so I'm just not going to. We're, we're move on <laughs> Angel that. of God, my guardian <laughs> dear, to whom God's love commits me here. <laughs> Everyone knows it, Liz. Everyone knows it. I know I knew it. Okay, gosh. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Yeah, so those are our saints of the pod, man. Yeah. They're uh, they're good ones to have at our side. And then was... yesterday, of course, was St. Therese, Little Flower. Yes. So near and dear to my heart growing up at St. Therese's Parish. But Oh, that's good. She's a good one, All too. good she's... stuff, man. She's a tough one. Oh, yeah. I would say she's a tough one, but she's awesome. Look her, look her up, too. She's a great great saint well, and a great story and a great one to live by. I mean, so many, so many things from her that we can all take and live. Oh, uh, yeah. Bring into our own lives. So, Beautificent. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So we are going to get to our um, our second to last podcast on, on the yeah. sacrament series. We're going to be covering go, anointing man. of the sick, as you probably saw with the title of the episode. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to dive into anointing of the sick. Um, we're going to kind of stick with our same typical typical flow of things if you've been through the sacrament series with us already um yeah. so we'll kind of dive right in with it father stoli can you give us a little history lesson that's like where we would like to start with it um yeah uh, of the sacrament of anointing of the sick so with anointing of the sick um of course it obviously it's going to kind of come with some sort of anoint of an ointment like some sort of an anointing liquid in this case it's oil as opposed to say like a cream or something like that. This is a this is for this is with oil. And so in order to understand the history of anointing of the sick, you kind of have to understand the history of oil in medicine. Okay. Right? So throughout the ancient world, uh oil was used for a lot of different things. Um if you if someone had a lot of uh say acid problems like acid reflux or upset stomach, olive oil was drunk. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, if they, someone had cuts or sores or open lesions, they poured olive oil on it. It worked kind of as an analgesic. Uh, and they would also pour wine on the wounds because the wine would, you know, kill all the germs and things like that. So they used oil for all sorts of things, you know, and uh, medicinally it was helpful to doctors of the time. Yeah. And in, in a lot of different places, oil is still used for certain you know, medicinal Practice, practices. Yeah. Uh, so it's maintained its medical validity over the over the centuries and millennia. Uh, so to understand its importance in the sacrament of the, of the anointing of the sick, what we're looking at is another sacrament of healing, right? So right. confession heals specifically from sin, right? Mm-hmm. But anointing of the sick has all these different effects uh, that come from this anointing. And anointing with ointment is, like I said, not a new practice. But once we get to the Gospels, it begins to take on a different uh, take on a different tone. Yeah. 
right? So we can imagine that uh, it was already kind of being used in a quote-unquote sacramental way just because by the time we get to the Gospels, uh, like, for example, the Gospel of Mark, if you go to Mark 6, uh, yeah, Mark 6, verse 13, says they drove out demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. How would they know to just do that? Right. You know, so if it's clearly some sort of a already been a liturgical practice in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form um, because we're body-soul composite. Yeah. And so it makes sense that we would automatically associate something physical with something that can happen interiorly. Definitely. You know, so uh, the the soul is somehow affected by what happens physically. Right. Even though it's a, it's a not physical reality. Right. That's something that's, I think, interesting too, is that as important as the soul is, our bodies are just as, as important. I mean, the whole, your body is a temple mm-hmm. and uh, eventually our bodies will be reunited with our souls. And so to take care of our bodies, um, to take care of them and to anoint them, I think that's, that's an important part that I think sometimes when we start talking about sacraments, it seems to be on a very spiritual level and a lot of spiritual things are happening. But um, this is also a way, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is anointing of the sick as a way to kind of help protect and anoint our bodies and help cure our bodies and help heal our bodies through God's graces. Would you say, yeah, that, am I off? Yeah, or? that, no, no, you're not, you're not off. Uh, it's, it's kind of rare. And nowadays it's kind of rare that the body is actually healed. It mm-hmm. does happen. It does happen. Right. But spiritually, especially we're healed. So with anointing of the sick, a lot of times one of the effects, one of the main effects is just an interior peace. Okay. You know, and it's different than my nervousness is gone. Right. Uh, it's it's something that's deeper than that. Because uh, you can still be nervous if you have, say, a really serious chronic illness and you get mm-hmm. anointing of the sick. Uh, you you might still be nervous for what's going on, but you're like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. You know, I don't know how I know that, but I know it's going to be okay. That's yeah. that interior piece. Okay. Okay. I yeah. see what you're saying. And so that's huge. Um, but it does happen that um, people are just healed. Yeah. Well, and I'm not, and I wasn't sitting here saying either that it's like, oh yeah, do anointing is sick and you're going to get healed from it. <laughs> kind of go, like your body's going to be cured. If that was the case, then I'd be going every day. Um, oh but... yeah. I need, my back's been hurting me, man. Right. Get... <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's, it's just like the, yeah, maybe I just misinterpreted or misthought of that, but yeah. No, I mean, to, like, um, the way you the said it is, the soul as, yeah, the way you well. said it is real, you know, because since we're a body, can, since we're a body soul composite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need physical things. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So all the uh, so as we said, uh, I believe it was in the previous episode uh, that uh, we need physical things because we're physical beings. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, if we're gonna know what's happening, we have to be able to see it, taste it, feel it. Yeah, use our senses. Like just yeah, all the senses. Yeah. So this is just one more, one more of those. Right. No. So you're. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and the healing that takes place in the body is kind of that spiritual piece of things. However, the body itself does sometimes undergo some crazy healing. Yeah. There was uh, my professor. One of my professors at Saint Charles, Monsignor McGee, was talking about a time he went to go anoint somebody who was basically at death's door. Hmm. Um, gave him anointing of the sick, and within a couple hours he was fine, and he lived another like ten years. It was wow, 
nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. So just, it has, there's a real power to it. Yeah. There's a real power to it because what we're doing is, and well, so in confession, we're with, we're kind of uniting ourselves to the merciful father. We're, we're uniting ourselves to the mercy of Jesus. But in the anointing of the sick, we're uniting ourselves to Christ, the physician, mm. the doctor. So if we want to heal, anointing of the sick, just, it, it brings Jesus, the doctor, into the situation. Right, right. It brings him in. Well, and that's a good point, too, because, I mean, the majority of what Jesus does throughout his ministry is heal. Is heal, uh, it's, yeah. That's what, I don't even, I heard some crazy quote of, like, 44 miracles happened and 25 of them or over half of them were healing miracles kind of deal. Yeah. My numbers could be very off, but it was something like that. No, like something like that. The majority yeah. of them are actual healing of the sick um, and a physical healing. And granted, like you said, it doesn't always happen, still can, but a lot right. of it was yeah. that physical healing. And even um, in their early church, you know, in the, those apostles, I think it was at St. Is it James five? Mm -hmm. if I'm mistaken? James five. Yeah. It talks about how they go off and like, that's what they're supposed to do is to go and heal. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. You might be. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But while you're looking for that, that's absolutely true. You know, um, ever since the early days of the church, like from the time of the apostles on, it's been, they've anointed people who are, Gravely sick, dying, all that. So it's it makes sense that it would be in James because it's a, around that time that they're doing it. I don't know why I can't find the exact verse. Do you have it? Starts with verse 13. It is 13? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Prayer of the faith. Yeah. It says, verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful, let him sing praise. Is any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So, I mean, they're looking yeah. for people to be to be healed to, that are sick kind of deal. And then going and anointing them with oils. Going back to, again, the importance of oils in the early church. Yeah. And uh, what's cool is that word elder that you just read, mm -hmm. the word in Greek is is presbyter, right? And yeah. that's the presbyters are the ones who were the priests. Right. So what they're saying is go call for the priests of the church, right. the, the ones who are in the community and, to come and And who were the anoint. priests at this time? The priests at this time were the apostles. Um, were the apostles and then their, some of their disciples. Yeah. Yeah. So apostolic succession of sacramental theology is already happening. Right. You know, in the letter of St. James, which was written, if I'm not mistaken, oh, sometime, be sometime between 75 and 90, so 80. Most likely it was written around around 60, actually. But if it wasn't written in 60, it's way after. Right, right. Well, I so mean, that's just goes to show again very early on yeah. after Christ's, Christ's death and resurrection that um, they're carrying out this apostolic succession and... James is even part of this. The apostles are all part of this going out and healing, carrying out the sacrament. Yeah. I think that was probably yeah, one of the biggest incredible. things that shocked me. Because, um, yeah, like growing up, being young, fairly healthy, like the idea of anointing of the sick was the least in my mind. I actually have, I have received the anointing of the sick a 
couple times, at least once, um, oh. for surgeries. Um, I got one when I was like a senior in high school. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I got surgery. I'm going to go get annoying of the sick. This is so, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it really wasn't like it's not on the forefront of my mind. Um, but to be able to have that and to see that happening, uh, like I was kind of shocked by that, I guess, seeing that early on and specific parts within the Bible talking about anointing with oils specifically I and mean, leading into anointing of the sick. So I guess, I mean, is there a reason why it's called anointing of the sick or um, how did the name come about, I guess? It's gone through, that's kind of gone through its own evolution. I mean, it's always been called kind of like the something to the effect of anointing of the sick in some okay. way, shape or form. It's been something related to that at least. Uh, it's also been called, it also used to be called extreme unction, uh, which is unction or anointing mm-hmm. in an extreme, in an extreme case. Gotcha. Right. So someone's dying, someone's in danger of death, whatever. So um, it used to be pretty, used to be pretty strict on when you could do it. Okay. Uh, so it used to be, you could only do it if you were in imminent danger of death, hmm. you know? Okay. So like you have this really aggressive cancer and you're actively dying yeah. or you were in this horrible accident and you will probably not make it, Yeah. you know? So, uh, extreme unction was just, is what we now call last rites. Gotcha. Um, which is now kind of a subset of anointing of the sick because we started to, as medical technologies advanced and as we've kind of come to a better understanding of medicine throughout the last couple of millennia, yeah. uh, we've come to realize that even though medicine is great and surgeries are amazing and medicine has been great and all that stuff, right. everything still has risks, mm-hmm. right? So what's imminent danger of death is now, we've, we now use last rites for that. And then if it's just something that's chronic or serious, we use just a kind of a run of the mill. I shouldn't say run of the mill. We uh, <laughs> just your regular old anointing of the sick. Regular old, but use a <laughs> use a more general anointing of the sick. Okay. So if someone has a really cr- has a chronic, uh, debilitating illness, you can anoint that. If it's kind of a more serious illness, like even if it's the flu, and it's a really serious flu, you can anoint someone. Um, if it's just like I had the flu for a couple of days and I'm fine, yeah. not so much. But if it's something that's you know, like bad. Yeah. We can give anointing of the sick, hmm. uh, before surgery, anointing of the sick. Uh, and of course, if someone is actively dying, we'll give them anointing plus their last rites. extreme unction, you know, the, the last rites. Gotcha. gotcha. So it's, it was for the long time, for the longest time, it was extreme unction, the last rites. Okay. But after with, like I said, with time, a more lenient interpretation allowed, uh, for, anointing people with less serious problems. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but I do want to kind of go into, um, the matter and form of mm-hmm. this. Yeah. The, the sacrament, cause every, every sacrament has matter and form. Um, am I saying that right? I hope I am. Yep. Yep. You're uh, right. Um, Good job. Yeah. But uh, so obviously the matter would be the oils, um, would be my assumption. Um, go on the form. Is that going to be mostly the words that are being spoken? Yes. You're only missing one component. The person. The only person missing one. Needs... Co- well, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're missing two components. So it's actually the, the oil, right? But you're actually anointing 
with the oil. That's part of the matter. Okay. And then the laying on of hands. There's a part where I, we do a, it's right. an epiclesis, a laying on of hands. That's going to be your matter. Okay. And then the form is, as you said, the words. Okay. Um, so through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And may the Lord who has freed you from sin save you and raise you up. Nice. Yeah. And then, so, so you make the anointing, cool. the sign of the cross. Do you make it? You make it on like the forehead, and the back of the hands. The is, uh, the palms of the hands. Palms, palms of, the hands. of the hands. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, um, the, yes. So the matter of. Of anointing of the sick, of course, with the laying on of hands, which is on the head, mm-hmm. but then with the oil, we anoint the forehead and then we anoint the palms why those i'm not really sure i've never really been able to find a good (laughs) reason a good uh like yeah i've never been able to find a good um source or answer Um, but while we're doing it on the forehead we say through this holy anointing may the lord in his love and mercy help you with by the grace of the holy spirit and then the palms we say may the lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up Hmm. so we do the palms and then continue on if it's last rites like if it's someone who's a who's conscious uh we will do a confession with them Mm. but if they're unconscious yeah yeah so if they're conscious we'll do a we'll do a confession okay if they want okay and uh usually they want i mean i don't think i've ever had one where they haven't wanted Um, but if they're unconscious uh we do what's called the apostolic pardon Mm. right so it's the like we would hear this person's confession if they were conscious but they're not so i'm going to give you the apostolic pardon the apostolic pardon uh there's a couple of forms the form i usually use because it was just easier to memorize is by the authority whoa what is it you were saying by the authority yeah is well the (laughs) if this is a so the apostolic pardon is basically oh man now now i'm nervous and i I don't remember where it is give me one second We are pastoral care of the sick. So we have this amazing book. It's called Pastoral Care of the Sick. And so it has these different things that we do in there. Uh, and uh, that's nice. So we can go visit sick kids. So the one, the on, you can only receive anointing of the sick after you've received, after you've reached the age of reason. So oh, seven gotcha. or eight and above. Gotcha. Because you wouldn't really need, I mean, we can still do blessings for kids who are younger. Right, and use a blessing oil if we really want to. Right. But as far as anointing of the sick, because of its connection to forgiveness of sins, we don't do anyone that can't sin. Gotcha. AKA anyone under the age of reason. Yeah. Ah, here we go. By the authority which the apostolic see has given me, I grant you a full pardon and remission of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Does hmm. sound yes. nice and easy to remember. Oh, yes. Unless put I'm spot. put on the spot. Right. And then... <laughs> but it's a beautiful form. Like it's, yeah, it is. It's really... I really like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that's a... I have a question about and I, about this, and this might be answered already with um, the last rites, but mm-hmm. is there some type of prayer or um, graces or something like you can receive when... You're conscious, uh, you know the time is pretty close to being near kind of deal. Uh, you're fully aware that you can receive some type of prayer or you do some type of prayer mm-hmm. where it almost, I mean, no one can actually guarantee this, but it's like, oh yeah, you're, yeah. 
guaranteed to go to heaven. You know what I mean? It's like obviously mm-hmm. we can't predict that, but is well, what's yeah, that that's called? Kinda, I guess. Yeah. Do you know I mean, what I'm talking that's about? That's just kind of that's. Uh, is that part of last? I rites? guess I don't. Is that? But that's but that's certainly kind of the whole purpose of this whole of the whole sacrament. Okay. Right. That's why extreme unction is there, so that you can make sure that you're in a state of grace before you die. Got it. Right. And uh, then if it's a lesser case, like just normal, normal, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. anointing of the sick, (laughs) that's like, well, in case you go into the surgery and you don't come back out, we'll give you anointing of the sick. Right. And that'll do that. So we try and do anointing as as close to a surgery as we can. I've had a few people like more than more than a couple, but less than a lot. (laughs) So probably like three or four, maybe. Um, who I've anointed before surgery, and then I had their funeral a few days later. Wow. wow. Where like it was just supposed to be kind of a routine surgery, yeah, but they came in for anointing. It was all right, routine anointing. Yeah. And then they just don't get off the table. That's crazy. So they die in the state of grace. That's that was my aunt. But my aunt, my aunt had that. Um, yeah. Yeah. They went in for it's, emergency, um, you know, surgery and passed away. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that she. Yeah, got, I would hope that she got her got anointing in this. Like, I hope so. Yeah, um, we just kind of entrust them all to yeah, the Lord's mercy. Yeah. But that's kind of just the whole purpose of anointing of the sick is making sure that they are in that mm-hmm. in that state of grace. Yeah, uh, and ideally they would be conscious because then you can give them something called viaticum. Okay, uh, viaticum is uh, is food for the journey is what the word means. Okay, so food for the journey in this case, of course, is going to be the Eucharist. So you give them the Eucharist as they're in their kind of their dying moments. Yeah, right. So. Um, they are able to avail themselves of the sacraments one last time before they take the bus out. Yeah, I think that was, so my, so Paige's grandma, um, she passed away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say between three and four years ago, I want to say somewhere around there. Anyways, not too long ago. Um, But (laughs) she actually ended up receiving most of the sacraments within a couple days before she passed. And I think it was just, well, it was really cool. I mean, she was, uh, I mean, she was already married. Her husband passed away a long time before that and first communion and all those kind of things. But she was able to receive confession and the Eucharist and anointing of the sick um, and some of these other like prayers. So she was able to receive some of those big ones right before. And I mean, that's, it is pretty cool to be able to have that. Like you said, that food for the journey, um, because yeah. ultimately we don't know how long that journey our soul is going to take. Um yeah. Hopefully it's quick, but there's yeah. uh, there's probably a good chance we're gonna spend some time for you our know, sins, this uh, for our soul. This is something. Okay, so these are kind of like a fireside stoli, <laughs> but they have to do with the topic. All right, I love it. <laughs> um, so, um, a quick little impromptu fireside stolies as I'm thinking about it. Love it. The um, my first like six to nine months that I was here as an assistant. Mm-hmm. I got the nickname, the angel of death, because <laughs> I would go in and anoint people at, like the nursing home or hospital. And it would just be like a routine. Hey, they're not doing well. Can you come anoint yep. them? And within like 10 to 15 minutes, they'd be dead. 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. So like I'd anoint them and then I'd pray, stay with them for a while, pray with them for a while yeah. and then, you know, make my exit. Yeah. And then I'd get a call, you know, anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour later. Hey, Marge just died. Oh my god! Oh crap! Okay, let's go back and then yeah. you do commendation of the dead and mm-hmm. uh, just work with the just work with them that way. Yeah. So it was that was like common. 
my first several months there. So I got the nickname Angel, Angel of, Death. of Death. Nice. But there were a couple of times. There was one time, one of those times. So three quick stories with that. There was one of those times I got there and they said, hey, Marge isn't doing super well. Um, could you go see her after you're done? Because it, it was a Wednesday. So I went to the nursing home to give communion to um, to the residents there. Yeah. And we all meet together in this one room. So someone came in and said, hey, Marge isn't doing great. Could you go, just go see her? She's awake. She's talking. You can go see her if you don't, if you have some time. Oh, sure. No problem. So I do my thing and I said, everybody, I'm going to go see Marge, but uh, thanks for coming. Sorry to cut this short, but I'm going to go see how she's doing. Yeah. I left the room only to meet that, only to be met by that nurse who said, by the way, right about. I left her room, came and got you, went back to check on her, and she had died. So in like the 10 minutes it took for her to get right. from her room to come tell me and then go back, she had died. Wow. While I was there. So wow. I wasn't in the room with her, but I was in the building. So I went, Yeah. gave her, I still gave her extreme unction, still gave her last rites because we don't know exactly when the soul leaves the body. Gotcha. Uh, so typically, I think that the general rule of thumb is within an hour of death. You can, you can give the... Give them anointing of the sick slash last rites and all that. Because we just don't know. We don't know when the soul leaves the body. So I went in, did all that, and then peaced out. Wow. Uh, but my first death, <laughs> excuse me, my first death, I went up to the hospital. And uh, she had been kind of on the downhill slope for a while. So I go up to the hospital, go see her. And we do. I do anointing of the sick. I do last rites. And as I'm doing the kind of the litany of saints, I just kind of see her shoulders kind of slump a little bit and then mm. her mouth opens. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and I looked over at one of her daughters who was there yeah. and she just kind of covered her mouth and kind of started to cry a little bit. Yeah. But they, I mean, they had been waiting for her to die for a while because she was suffering. Right. They kind of. All that. So. Knew it was coming soon. Um, yeah. So I looked over at her and we made eye contact. And I was like, I'll go get the nurse. So I went and I got a nurse. And I was like, hey, could you come check on her? <laughs> and so they checked her and they TOD'd her. Yeah. So um, that was my first death. And what was and the, the crazy thing was this woman was kind of a thorn in my side. God bless her. But she always wanted hugs. Okay. And I don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't. Like, I just don't. It's not. I mean, I will. But when it's. It's got to be someone I know well. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's got to be someone I trust because if it's just some random dude or lady that comes up, gives me a hug, that can cause me all sorts of problems. Yeah. Yep. So to protect myself, I have these boundaries, Definitely. right? But she was always insisting on hugs. I think I gave her zero, exactly zero. Wow. And uh, out of the hundreds of times, she's been like, can I have a hug? I'm like, I don't do that. Sorry. Yeah. Well, then as I was there, we were talking, we did some stuff and- uh, her daughter, the one I made eye contact with was like, Hey, could you, she always just wanted a hug. Could you just give her one? I was like, I'll give her one. Give her one. So I gave her a hug. I stood back up and she died. Really? Yeah. She's That's just, when she died. It was crazy. So I stood back up. You. I guess she was. So, um, I stood back up cause she was laying in the bed. So I gave her this hug. I stand back up, continue with some prayers. And that's when I realized that she stopped breathing. Oh, man. And so I looked over at one of her other daughters yeah. who just looked at me and 
she was like, nurse, could you also call the police? Because we have a because we have a murderer amongst us. I was so like, she Geez. said, yeah, <laughs> she was just messing with me. But they uh, wow. that family was they took it really well. I think they were just at peace because mom was now yeah you know at peace. But right, right. they were just kind of make light of the situation. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a murderer. We'll have to detain us. him and all this right. other stuff. That would have been great. <laughs> so came back and told Major, and he was like, "Good job, rookie." And then that was kind of the end of the conversation. But then the third and final story, if I may, uh, I was in Harvard, Nebraska at the time, and uh, the neighboring parish is Sutton, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and he was going to be gone for something. I don't remember what he was gone for, but he was going to be gone for like nine days. And so I was the I was the neighboring parish, so I was the uh, emergency contact. Gotcha. So there was a guy in the nursing home down in Sutton that was uh, on his way out. He was dying. So I go down there. And I'm like, man, this guy just looks familiar. <laughs> this absolutely looks familiar. I don't know where I've seen him before. It turned out he happened to be in one of the nursing homes here in Crete okay. before he moved up to Sutton yeah. to be closer to family. That makes sense. And uh, I was like, I, it took me a long time to figure that out. But I looked at his chart and it said Nick was his name. So I'm like, okay, Nick, this, I'm Father Stoli. I'm gonna, he's unconscious, mm-hmm. so I'm just like talking to him. And right. I'm Father Stoli. I'm here to give you anointing of the sick. Uh, hoping to spend some time in prayer with you. So I anoint him, and I'm giving him last rites. No sooner did I finish last rites, and he sat up, excuse me, looked at me, and went, and then laid back down and died. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, uh, Nick? Nick? Okay, and then I switched it to Commendation of the Dead. I went from commendation of the dying to commendation of the dead. Oh my! Goodness. Within like ten seconds, and as I'm praying, one of the nurses comes in. She's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be back." I was like, "Actually, you need to be. Could here. you check him?" Yeah. <laughs> and so she came over and checked him, and she's looked at me, looked at him, looked at me, and I was like, "I was just praying." I was just praying. <laughs> and she's like, "No, I'm just surprised because he was kind of doing okay, and then you got here." And then you got so, here. Yeah. Yeah. And his family, his family had like just left. Oh my goodness. So then they had to call, they had to call their family back and. Wow. We prayed and I went back to Harvard. Just, <laughs> that is, that it is crazy. Wild. Just the yeah. fact of like him sitting up and just be like, whew, like it was a relief for him. He's like, okay, good. Now yeah. I can go. <laughs> yeah. It That's crazy. That's a, I was like, that was. It was kind of spooky, oh, actually, because I, I was just like, uh, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool is like those situations, because it was so close to death, mm-hmm. they're praying for us. Right. That's kind of the cool thing. I know. I know. So, if only we could all be so lucky. I hope. That is, so I, I kind of had a question that spurred or came up when you were talking. Uh, telling your fireside stories, because I love them. But <laughs> so it sounds like, I mean, like you can, you walk into rooms, um, the family gave, I guess the family gives you permission. That's my question is like most sacraments have to be, you, you have to be a free willed action yeah. or act by the person that's receiving the sacrament. Whereas mm-hmm. it sounds like this after, you know, the anointing of the sick doesn't always have to be now granted at that point, those rights are yeah. given over to the family. So 
they have that mm-hmm. ability, I guess. Yeah. So anointing the sick is kind of unique um, because a lot of times if they're Catholic, they'll put on their information what religion they are. Okay. And hospitals kind of have um, a practice anyway where like they just call your minister of faith anyway. Gotcha. If you're getting close to death. Um, Because that's usually what they want, and that's what the people want. If they don't want anything to do with it, they don't mark any sort of religion on the form. Gotcha. Uh, But a lot of times there are special instructions. You know, call the priest when I'm getting if I'm getting close to death or I need surgery. Mm. Um, Otherwise, the family will call us and say, "Hey, my dad's not doing well. Can you come up and anoint?" Mm. Uh, Things like that. So it's kind of it's similar to baptism, where it's not the baby's will that's that they be baptized; it's the parents. Yeah. So sense. it's um, it's kind of their will by proxy, I guess. Yeah. So um, anointing of the sick is similar in that a lot of times it is the will of the person that needs to be anointed. Mm-hmm. But if if it's someone who's been away from the church for a while and there's just they're just unconscious, we can presume on their will via proxy through like their family. So if their family calls and said, could you go anoint? Yeah, I can. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, it kind of brings into one of my questions that I have, and it's a kind of a common question: is all all the fireside stories that you just told were all associated with uh, a death? Uh, you know, associated yeah the the angel of death, as you were once called. <laughs> um, watch out, Lance! Watch out. I, I know I I'm not gonna leave. Actually, I'm just gonna continue talking because it sounds like as soon as you leave, that's when things happen. So that's when things yeah, go bad, yeah. man. <laughs> But uh, to to my point, I think a lot of times, I mean, myself included, associate anointing the sick with death, with dying, close to dying, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but we've kind of hinted to it already, too, that it's not always associated with that. So I don't know if you can clarify that, uh, kind of bring some um, conclusion to that to that point. It's, sure. It's not always associated with death. It can be associated with other times. Um, talk about that, please. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So to kind of clarify what, like you said, we were kind of hinting at earlier. So at the very beginning, extreme unction, at the very beginning, um, in apostolic times, they still anointed people who were just seriously and gravely sick. Mm-hmm. But with time, it became extreme unction, like I said. Yeah. So then from that time on, it was reserved for people in imminent danger of death. Got it. So if you were ter- terribly sick, oh, well, we'll come and give you a blessing. And pray for you, but you won't get any anointing yeah. because you're not in imminent danger of death. As time went on, and as we were kind of remembered the scriptural roots, uh, it kind of became clear that that was still a necessity to have extreme unction. Um, but now it's kind of a subset. I shouldn't say a subset. It's kind of a, I suppose, well, subset. I'm just going to say subset. It's not the word I want, but I'm just going to say subset. <laughs> it's a subset of the anointing of the sick. Okay. You know, so you have anointing of the sick as your umbrella. And then you have just your general anointing of the sick. This person's having surgery. This person has a chronic illness. This person has a severe mental illness, even. You can do mm-hmm. that. Uh, so anointing of the sick is really just praying for healing. Okay. And praying for peace for this person. Right. So that's anointing the sick. It's I want this person to have some sort of healing bodily, if possible, um, spiritually, definitely. Right. And then last rites, it's not necessarily asking for healing. It's guiding someone out. It's guiding someone from this life to the next. Gotcha. With the hope that 
with the anointing we do with last rites yeah. that it would uh, that it would heal them and bring them peace and make them whole but if it doesn't that it guides them out to the next life so last rites is specifically reserved for the dead and dying well the dying right right and then anointing of the sick is kind of your umbrella and that is reserved for anyone who has any sort of serious illness whether that serious illness be a high-risk pregnancy uh, surgery really bad flu chronic debilitating disease uh cancers you know whatever yeah so all sorts of it can be a used it can be used for a whole lot of things okay. like i said if it's like i have a cold you know, unless you have an autoimmune deficiency, it's we're not going to anoint yeah. you. But if like you get a cold and it's something that could kill you, we're going to anoint. Makes sense. You know? makes so sense. that's a good clarification. Like I said, it's it's not necessarily always used in a dying situation, um, yeah. but in a situation where the risk of death is it, it could could happen present. Yeah. 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 Outside of the yeah, normal, it's a, obviously, uh, walking down the street could be an imminent risk of death. <laughs> imminent danger of death, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. If we got anointed every time we were in imminent danger of death, we'd just get anointed all the time, right. if we're honest. Right, but. exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so I kind of have a fun little fact, and I want to get your take on this or kind of what your thought is on it. But Lay it on me. We... Uh, Oils is big. We talked about that. We've already clarified that. But it was specifically the oils that was being used. And you mentioned at the very beginning that it was typically olive oil, um, mm -hmm. which is exactly what the Greek word for oil is, or the Hebrew word, which is uh, elion, I think is how you say it. Is that, or is that right? I don't know. Which <laughs> Something like that. means exactly olive oil. So why, why was it olive oil besides, or is that just because of the the medicine side of things, the healing that can come from olive oil. Uh, was there mm -hmm. anything else specific about that? And it's still all of the oil used today, correct? It is still olive oil used today. Yeah. And a lot of that is because, um, so you got to understand a lot of the matter and form, especially the matter. Uh, so for example, for the Eucharist, it's bread and wine, um, you know, baptism, it's water, all, all that stuff. The, the things that were used for the matter, for the, the stuff, mm -hmm. was things that were already readily available to people. Okay. So if you're in the Middle East, olive trees are everywhere. Right. right. Everywhere. So one of the most abundant things was olive oil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it also just happened to have, you know, medicinal properties to yeah. it, you know? So I just happened to have, so to <laughs> like, quote unquote, right? Right. Uh, divine providence. That's right. Right? So... Uh, so for like olive oil was just so so prevalent that you know it, that's what the Lord said. Well, you've got this at your disposal. Use it. Gotcha. You know they always use what's familiar to yeah. us. Yeah. You know that's why everything is communicated to us. There are certain parts of the world, like I think Japan, is one. There are some parts of the world that can that have the a dispensation to use rice oil. Hmm. Because they there's because olive oil is difficult to get. Right, it's expensive. Nowadays, you can probably get olive oil. Gotcha. But they, as far as I understand, I'd have to look this up to be sure. As far as I understand, they still have that dispensation to use rice okay. oil. Okay. Hmm. Um. So these yeah. oils, I mean, are these oils 
blessed during the chrism mass is that when they that's yes yeah that's exactly when they're blessed so at the chrism mass uh they bless they consecrate the oils okay and one of them is oil of the sick one of them is oil of catechumens one is oil of chrism okay right so the chrism is what used for baptism confirmation and holy orders uh oil of the catechumen we use at baptism and then oil of the sick, of course, is when we use for last rites, anointing the sick. Okay. And all of those are consecrated, blessed at um, the chrism mass. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, which takes place during Holy Week. Gotcha. Typically on uh, Holy Thursday, unless you have like this massive diocese where everyone has to kind of come in, right. then it's usually held on another day. Gotcha. But now, does your oils last you the entire year, or do you have to bless like yourself? Do you have to bless some, or does that kind of usually? Usually, uh, I've, I think I've only had one time where I've had to restock my oil of the sick. Do you have to go back to the uh, bishop to do it or can that be done? Can you? So, so what's nice is that oil of the sick is the one I can bless that. Okay. Actually. So if for like, for example, if I lose my oil for whatever reason mm-hmm. and I don't realize it until I get to this person's house, I can ask, Hey, do you have olive oil? Hmm. And if they do, I can bless that and use that to anoint. Gotcha. Um, but if I just kind of run out, like the little vial runs out, they give us these little vials, right? And uh, we put those into what are called oil stocks. And uh, if that runs out, I can go back to the, excuse me, I can go back to the chancery offices, which is the diocesan offices, yep. and I can ask for another vial of those oils. Huh. Okay. Because they always have extra, right. just for, like for that purpose. I mean, when you're using so, dabs of it, it's going to be hard to run out, but. Um, it is hard to run out, yeah. but it it does happen. Uh, but it's exceeding. I like I said, I think it's only happened to me once. Gotcha. Where I like ran out of the oil. Gotcha. Hmm. I'm just thinking of so like another question I have too is, uh, <laughs> after the year is done, this is just kind of a general question with oils, and we're kind of off topic of the anointing of the sick. But with yeah. when the when the season's done and there's another chrism mass. What happens to the previous oils? Can those still be used? They're, or no, like once those, once those, uh, once you get your new oils, once those are in your possession, those are the oils you use. So whatever oils are left over, um, they have to be burned. So most of us will just use them as part of part of some fuel for the Easter fire. Oh, okay, okay. Just put them into the Easter fire, and that'll help it burn. Hmm. Okay. But you at least have to burn it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be at the Easter fire. That's when a lot of us do it. Because uh, that's right when there. I do it. It's right there, yeah. and you don't have to keep so, it for another year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So whatever's left over, we just throw it into the east fire and call it good. Interesting. Hmm. I can't think of. Oh any yeah. More. And just so, like the the, the oil stocks, you we have to wash. We just have to wipe them out with uh, like a cotton cotton ball. Oh really? Um. Yeah. You just wipe them out with cotton ball. Throw the cotton ball in a fire, and you don't have fill it with oil. you don't have to use like a purifier or anything like that. Interesting. No, I mean you could, right? But then you'd you'd have to kind of either burn the purificator, or you'd That's have true. to soak it for a long time, oh, and yeah, then dump the water down a aquarium, and then you can launder. Burn, you can burn the uh, the cotton ball. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Hmm. Man. Fun things. Fun times. All sorts of stuff. I know. I know. Uh, Fustula, do you have anything else on annoying of the sick? I think we covered it, man. You know, the, the effects are, like we said, the spiritual and physical healing. 
Um, you can actually you can get anointing of the sick as often as you as you want as often as you want really. Uh, it's not like a one and done thing. But some of the effects are uh, you get a particular gift of the Holy Spirit. You're in union with the passion of Jesus. You get this grace to suffer well, and you get preparation for your for whatever journey it takes you on. So that's a pretty cool effect. That, don't be afraid of anointing yeah, the sick. I mean the. Uh... Yeah, grace is to suffer well. That's that's an interesting effect. I yeah. think that's that's pretty cool. I mean, like you said, you might not get rid of this nervousness, but you know that there's just like this peace among amongst you. Like, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty cool. I do like that. It I is. never thought about yeah. that. So, anyone listening, anyone listening, don't be afraid of anointing of the sick. Yeah. It's just we're just giving you peace. We're asking for healing, right. and we move on. We move on. I love it. Well, cool. Well, Father Soy, thank you for uh, all the insight, all the history. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, as man. As always, I've learned learned a ton. So, um, yes, I gotta tell you, man. I am excited for next time. I know that's gonna be great. I know we're gonna be wrapping up the sacrament series with the big one. If you guys have been with us this whole time, I might have made a little <laughs> bit of a mistake um, in the very early stages of the sacrament series. Um, hence forgetting matrimony um, <laughs> as a sacrament that was that was a good one for me a good win for me so um yeah i better be taking notes during this next one <laughs> to... yes yes well i think uh, as punishment we'll switch we'll switch places and i'll ask you all the questions oh, and then boy. you and you the wife and deacon dad deacon can dad can hash them out yeah deacon mom might be able to show up too Ooh. if you want her to Ooh. Well, I do. I gotta figure out kind of um, the logistics of all that, but we'll we'll make sure that we'll get it we'll get it oh, taken care of. So, I'm so excited. I know your parents don't like me very much, but that's okay. I, I doubt that, care. but I think um, <laughs> <laughs> they probably like you more than me. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll live with it. <laughs> Ooh, man! If that's true, then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, well, very good. Well, thanks again, Father Stoli. And um, yeah, I look forward yes, to, thank you. to the next one. Um, like you mentioned earlier, um, go get the anointing of the sick um, whenever you feel feel like it's right because it is, it is a beautiful sacrament as all the sacraments really are. But Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Very good. All right. Sure. Well, I guess I'll close with some prayer, huh? It's my yeah, turn. Yeah, do it. Okay. In the Father, it is your turn. In the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. Um, please be with us um, as we ponder this um, this podcast and ponder this information and dive deeper into the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Um, please pray for everyone that is dying or suffering, um, that, that you may be with them, that your grace may fill their heart, and um, you may give them the graces for good suffering. Guardian angel, please watch over us all, protect us all, and lead us to our Father. And we pray. Amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father. Lance, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And until next time. Until next time. Peace. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. bye.